What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. We'll look at the betting board both from a statistical standpoint, then from my gut feel. We'll turn our attention to head to heads and then we'll wrap with one and done picks for this week. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. We're going to start with the outrights and the betting portion of this preview and with a WGC that has what 78 golfers in it and there is no cut how does that change our outright betting strategy well for me it means that we will be betting a card that is more closely aligned with the top of the betting board Uh, the reason for that is because we really do see top-notch golfers win these events. And I know what you're thinking. Everyone in this field is a top-notch golfer. That's true, uh, but we usually don't see 50 or 80 or 100 to 1 golfers actually win WGC events outside of maybe the match play, which is a completely different animal. But the three-stroke play events a year that are WGCs, I mean, they are won by... Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, I mean, Justin Rose, Jason Day when he was in his prime, Hideki Matsuyama. I mean, it, it is just, it ends up being really top tier talent. So the way that I kind of handle this is I focus a lot of my attention on the top of the betting board. Now, what does that look like look like for this week? Well, we actually do have quite a bit of expected value when it comes to uh, who could potentially win this golf tournament? Now, uh, these odds and and the EV, uh, of course, considering the fact that this is a four-round event, which usually the cream does rise to the top in a four-round event. John Rahm, uh, the new number one player in the world, is basically the only guy at the top of the betting board that I do not have as an expected positive value to win this golf tournament Justin Thomas does return positive expected value and what that means is Las Vegas and his odds to win indicate and imply that he will win this golf tournament about nine percent of the time I have him getting to the target score about twelve and a half percent of the time making that a three and a half percent value Rory McElroy checking in at eleven and a half to one uh, one of the bigger values on the board believe it or not he's someone who's probably going to get an investment from me Bryson DeChambeau a small favorite Patrick Cantlay a pretty significant favorite I mean there is really a, a lot to choose from here um, when we will and we'll talk about the way that I'm going to handle this in a second, but I'll, I'll flip to the top five here for a second because Rory is, I don't think I've ever seen a situation where Rory is a positive expected value to win, to finish in the top five, to finish in the top 10 and to finish in the top 20. It gets progressively uh, lower in expected value in each of those categories, top five, then top 10, then top 20. So betting him outright is probably the quote best bet, but really interesting to see how much green is on this sheet after weeks of quite honestly, not having a lot of outright value to even bet. So we've already, already identified there's a lot of different ways that you can go. So which ways am I going here? Um, my personal belief is that Rory McIlroy is probably a pretty good bet for this week. And I like that the model 
backs up that up with positive expected value. And the reason that I, that I personally feel this way about Rory McIlroy is he should be eight to one in this field, right? He should be the John Rahm who is eight or eight and a half to one to win this golf tournament. Uh, when Rory has just been fine by his own standards since the restart. But when you look at WGC events, Rory McIlroy shows up uh, in his last 13 WGC events. He has finished outside the top 11 one time. Think about that. He's got two wins. He's got a bunch of top fives. Only once has he really disappointed us. Other than that, he's been in contention almost constantly. Uh, so I'm going to invest in that, I believe, this week. I, I understand the reason of betting someone like Xander Shoffley. And Xander is going to be a very popular bet this week. He's going to be a popular one-and-done pick, which we'll talk about a little bit later, because he has this narrative around him that he is an, a, a great no-cut player. And it's not necessarily wrong. It's not just a narrative. Um, you know, Xander has a WGC victory. He has a Tournament of Champions victory. That's no cut event. Both of those are. Um, and he does have, from round to round, an incredibly high ceiling and an incredibly low floor in terms of these top-tier golfers. He's more volatile round to round than most of these guys. So when you have a, an event where a, a cut is being made after two rounds, if he has one of his bad rounds before the cut, it's very possible he misses the cut. I mean, he shot a 78 in the opening round at Mirfield Village, was basically out of the golf tournament before going pretty ham over the next three days to end up finishing like T12. But like that's what Xander can do. So I, I, I understand the appeal of betting him as an outright here. This would be, I don't know if I'll get to Xander. Um, I don't know if he'll make my final card. He's currently, I see him at 20 to 1. But I will say that this is the hardest I've thought about betting Xander as an outright in a long time. I'll just say that. So I don't know, I don't know what you want to glean from that, but um I might get him on my card, but this is the closest I've ever been if I if I do not. I imagine Daniel Berger is going to be very popular this week to bet. Um, I still have him as a negative value, even with his great run of success recently, which I know includes a win. I know it includes a bunch of top 10 finishes. I know he has won here at TPC Southwind twice, non-WGC versions of this event. So I get it. That's what's going to garner a lot of this ownership. The model still says um, he does not win this golf tournament enough to make a bet on him at 30 to one. Um, I want to talk about that price in a second uh, because there's another guy there who's, who's driving me crazy. Uh, but, but Berger's probably not going to get an investment from me. I think, you know, maybe a one and done situation. Of course, if you still have access to him, maybe having him in, in a DFS lineup, I'm not sure I'm, I'm willing to commit to the outright here. I do kind of like Tommy Fleetwood, the buy low on Tommy Fleetwood at 30. I see him at 36 and a half to one, which is a very random number, but that's what I'm seeing him at right now on DraftKings, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, Tommy was way better than what his results kind of indicated last week. It was kind of awkward 
where he got himself in a couple uncomfortable positions. And when you have not played golf on the PGA Tour since the Arnold Palmer Invitational, this is your first start back, and you've got some weird, awkward situations. Like, I'm willing to chalk that up to rust because um, there were flashes of real brilliance from Tommy Fleetwood last week. Now, does he get his first uh, his first American win right uh, at a WGC event? I don't know, but I think it's a pretty good price on him. The one thing that I'm so confused about, and I, I do not understand this, DraftKings Sportsbook has Matthew Fitzpatrick at 28 to 1. He has the ninth shortest odds. I I don't I don't know why. Like he's fine. He's a fine play. I don't mind betting him, but not at 20 not at 28 to 1. He that means he has shorter odds than Colin Morikawa who won two starts ago. Daniel Berger who's already won in the restart, has a bunch of top tens and has won at TPC Southwind uh, twice. Uh, shorter than Brooks Kepka, shorter than Hideki Matsuyama, shorter than Victor Hovland, who's been one of the best players in the world since the restart, shorter than Tony Finau, who I guess outside of melting down has been awesome for, for a couple of weeks, shorter than Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed won the last WGC event that we had. Shorter than Tommy Fleetwood. Like You get, you get where I'm going with this. I just don't understand it. I don't. Um, William Hill has him at 35 to 1, which I guess is better, maybe more accurate. I, I get Fitzpatrick played well at Memorial. I know he's a Bermuda grass guy. He's also never won on the PGA Tour, right? All of his other wins are, are European Tour wins. I think he's got three or four of them. Uh, this to me, I spent so much time staring at this number this morning, and I still don't know why it's like that. So I, I guess if you're trying to bet Matt Fitzpatrick, don't do it on DraftKings. Go go get him somewhere else. Go get him at William Hill. Go get him. I don't know where else. I don't know what his number is anywhere else. But I, I just could not believe that number when I saw it. Uh, when I saw it this morning. So my card, it'll probably be small and top heavy, which means probably Rory, maybe Xander, um, maybe Tommy Fleetwood. And I, and I think the way to play this is even lean into the live betting a bit more because what you could easily see is you could see a guy go out on Thursday, be one under, uh, and then play his way back into this. I mean, we saw it, we saw it with Adam Long last week. He makes the cut on the number. He finishes second. Uh, just, just goes absolutely nuts on the weekend. I, I think I, I would prefer to save some bullets for in-play action this week when it comes to outrights. Head-to-head matchups. Let's see if we can find some on the simulator here. And I've got, um, I've got. Hopefully, I've got some. I've got some things in the works for this head-to-head matchup simulator tool. I love it. Uh, I, I want to do one for kind of round-by-round stuff. So stay stay tuned for that. Let me see if I can find a couple of cool matchups for this week. Let's go with uh, this one. I imagine would be pretty big. Rory McIlroy versus Patrick Cantlay. Let's see what we can find here. Simulator says Rory wins this 55% of the time, minus 125. I see his true odds at minus 137, so that is probably a no bet, not big enough. All right, let's do this one. Because I don't understand the Fitzpatrick thing, let's let's do this one. Let's do Fitzpatrick versus Terrell Hatton. 
Terrell Hatton. Those two guys are on two. They're, they're on two different planets at the moment. Yeah, I have Hatton winning this thing 60% of the time, which is minus 150. And DraftKings has him at minus 118. So I would be betting Terrell Hatton. It also helps that this this goes into the continued lack of understanding that I have around the general consensus that is that is Matthew Fitzpatrick this week. I, I, I don't know. I do not know. Let's see if I can find one more. Oh, this would be a good one. Daniel Berger versus Gary Woodland. I have Gary Woodland as a fairly small favorite, uh, 51% of the time, minus 107, uh, which I guess you should bet because Berger is minus 137, Woodland plus 110. So I have Berger as a small favorite. DraftKings has him as a small dog. I That is probably a Woodland bet on that side of it if it interests you you can go in and plug as many different matchups as you would like into this simulator have a go at it let's talk one and done i know a lot of tony finau uh owners were out there feeling like they like they missed out on a big uh, a big prize but let's go look at the full field values and then who was popular last season and no surprise, the highest-owned golfer last year was Xander Shoffley. I think he will continue to be higher, um, highly owned this year as well. In fact, let's go see how many people even have Xander left. I guess, I guess a lot could. Okay, so he's been used by forty-one percent of owners in this one and done. That means. Uh, what is that? 59% have him available. So he is the, he's been used like the 12th most Hideki has been used the most, uh, 62% have used Hideki already. Then Sung Jay, which, whew, man, he really fell off of a cliff. Um, okay, we'll go back. Let's go back here. So Xander, incredibly popular last year. I assume he will be this year. Justin Thomas was popular last year. Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantlay, and Dustin Johnson. Now, I don't know what to do with DJ, right? I don't know what to do with Brooks Kepka. Um, I guess if, like, you had to choose between, like, I, I think I made the comment in the DFS video that, that one of, like, Finau... Kepka or Dustin Johnson, like like they could win somebody all the GPPs this week. I kind of feel that way about one and done too because nobody wants to play them, um, and and they are still certainly capable of going nuts. Now I guess I would prefer DJ a little bit more, even though w- what I've seen from DJ in his last three rounds, going 80, 80, 78, is is almost incomprehensible. However, Brooks, however DJ won like. Three weeks ago, he won the Travelers Championship just a few weeks ago. Brooks's uh, lack of form goes back a lot further than this. It goes back basically to this event last year. I mean, Brooks hasn't been good since he won this event last year, so that's concerning. And then Finau, let's be real here. If I told you, if I told you Finau finished third and fifth in his last two starts, you'd be running out to get him right now, or third and eighth, excuse me. But because of the way he did it. Nobody really wants to invest in him again. So I, I get it. So I, I, I guess where I'm going here is if you are leading your one and done and you are looking to stay chalky, I imagine that a Xander Shoffley or a Daniel Berger are your best options. 
I mean, this is a it's a big purse, but everybody gets paid. But you could go and get Xander, you could go and get Burger, and you'd be just fine. If you wanted to take on a little risk or a lot of risk, Finau, DJ, Brooks are interesting, and I probably rank them in that order, Finau, DJ, and Brooks, in the order that I would want to play them. Uh, And that would be only in a situation where I am trying to make up ground and I'm trying to catch the guys ahead of me. Then if I really wanted to take a top-tier guy, so there's this kind of this little hybrid strategy that's being that I've been kind of advocating the last couple of, of weeks where a lot of people email me or send me a DM or something, and they're like, hey, I, I'm like near the top of the leaderboard in my one-and-done. I don't necessarily want to just take the chalk every single week, but I don't want to take the 30th guy in the field every single week. So I kind of looked at it like this. Look at the top five favorites every single week and then take the guy who is likely to be the least owned. Uh, Because realistically, the top five favorites are all generally razor thin to one another. Maybe not as much this week. I mean, John Rahm's eight and a half to one to win the golf tournament. JT's 10, Rory's 11 and a half, and Bryson's 12. Those guys are all close. So look at the top four, okay? The top four guys, which one's going to be the least owned and pick that golfer? This week, I think that's probably Rory, right? Because it's easy to save Rory for Augusta. It's easy to save Rory for a major championship. He hasn't been playing as well as Rom, JT, or Bryson. So I think if you want to play the hybrid strategy, Rory is your pick. That 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 is the way that I believe that to be. Um, outside of that, I mean, if you really wanted to get freaky, Tommy Fleetwood, <laughs> I think that'd be really freaky. Uh, I don't know if you have to necessarily do that because I think there's other options, but that's generally the strategy for the kind of situations that you're in that I think is, is, is where you should go. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go yet. I guess it depends on where I'm at in my, in my leagues. I think I'm in three different one and dones. We'll see where I'm at in each one and pick accordingly. Let me know who you're picking. You can tweet me at Rick run good, or you can leave a comment below. Best of luck this week with everything. I'll talk to you soon. Later.